Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which is going to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as the as well as the automotive social media scene. That's actually the second time I've messed that intro line up. I'm doing well, aren't I? Um, you join me, your host Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. We are here at Gravelwood on your mezzanine level, overlooking some of the stunning cars you have currently for sale, including. My old Abarth 695 Preposto. It's back. It's back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, long-term viewers of my main channel, Seen Through Glass, may remember the little banana beast that I owned uh, last year. Um, one of my favorite cars I've ever owned. It's a go-kart. It's a hilarious car that makes no sense to anyone, uh, but does exist. Do you want to buy it back? I would actually, I'm actually <laughs> half tempted. Like, no <laughs> jokes. So, so Tony sold the car for me uh, last year uh, to a very nice man in Scotland. Um, and literally out of nowhere, the other day, suddenly posted on Instagram look what's back you didn't even text me you put it on your Insta stories before texting me because well, I know you watch it mate I, 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 I haven't got time to keep texting you I'm busy <laughs> well speaking of your Instagram stories ladies and gentlemen Tony from Gravelwood is very close to 50,000 followers on his Gravelwood Instagram page let's try and get him there so if you don't follow Tony already on Instagram please head over and check out his page now give it a follow uh, all the cars that are for sale here at gravel get listed as well as a lot of the pictures from tony's various adventures uh, which i do a lot you of. do a, too many of them, <laughs> too, I'm many. too many i'm always uh, I, I keep texting saying are you actually selling any cars at the moment or you're on another i track do more day. adventures than you and it's your job <laughs> you do it's quite terrifying you can also get a lot of great exclusive views of tony singing along to the radio in his various yeah. cars no i don't do that as much no, anymore. oh my god they were my highlight when i used to wake up on a saturday <laughs> or sunday morning and you'd be there going <laughs> it's the old 80s songs they always is, get me yeah they get you going or the Kistry songs uh, what the Kistry oh, songs I was kiss you I was like chill out mate it's been <laughs> a while but you know, I'm not that happy to see you you haven't seen you for a while well you haven't because I've been on holiday this is something I kept secret from the world of social media I took two weeks off and went to Bali Indonesia um, again if you don't know uh, long term viewers will know this but if you don't know I spent a lot of time in Indonesia my parents are sort of true hippies and went for there for the first time in the 70s um, and we've been going a lot. I'm very spoiled. We've been going a lot since I was a kid. And it's a kind of like runaway location. It's so a beautiful place, there. right? It's amazing. It's amazing. It has changed 
I mean, it's unrecognizable from the place that I went as a kid. God knows what it's like for my dad. As I say, he went there in the mid 70s for the first time. Um, the rate of development and the sort of, I can remember vividly a time when I went and you couldn't eat anything but local food like if you had salad it was food poisoning you couldn't get beef really um what did you eat then well sort of it's a lot of rice it's good like it's good it's weird and chicken yeah chicken satay yeah yeah. you ever heard of something called nazi goreng no okay (laughs) which is like fried rice Okay. Um, I'm glad you explained it because yeah. probably a lot of people wouldn't have known either. Well, Nazi means rice, Goreng means fried. <laughs> <laughs> Salamat pagi, good morning. Um, I can actually speak a lot of Balinese. Can you? Yeah, I, I took my girlfriend to Bali for the first time this year um, and she was like, Why on earth can you speak so much of this language? Like, well, I've been coming here for 20 years. <laughs> um, I'm just moving my microphone, sorry. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I, I was there for two weeks, hiding, um, pretending that resting, I was. Resting, mate. Resting, that's exactly it. I felt like I needed some rest. It's yeah. been a full-on first six months of the year, hasn't it? For both of us. Yeah. We've done a lot. We have done a lot. Ireland. Where else have we been? Ireland. <laughs> what else have we done? I can't lots remember. of separate stuff. Well, I feel like we've done lots of separate stuff. You've been yeah. busy selling cars and I've been busy making videos. So well, I've nice been busy time. selling cars, but oh. I've been busy traveling. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should have been selling cars. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, anyway, here we are on the mezzanine overlooking my bath and also <laughs> overlooking your recently wrapped... 911 GT3 RS. The pig. The pink pig now. Yeah. So, uh, how did this come about? Because I haven't actually seen the car in the flesh until now. So, originally, when I bought the car, when we were specking it, I remember texting you and Paul and thinking, I'm in a bit of a dilemma. I don't know what colour to spec the car. And there's only seven or eight colours, Porsche, anyway. So, I thought, I know. I'll spec it in a neutral colour, like a stealth, which sure. is what I've done. Black. And... Uh, if I want to change the colour, I'll wrap it. I remember so, that always being the plan. The plan, exactly. And then I remember having a conversation with you Hello. originally. Now I get my credit. And said, you'll get, you'll get a bit of credit. <laughs> two, two months later, <laughs> after you wrap the car, reveal it with Archie. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> you was on holiday, well, I, mate. I was, I was on holiday. So, go on, please. Um, and... We, you suggested to me that This was I, in Ireland. This remember? was in Ireland. This was during the Irish trip. And you were starting to think about wrapping it because you just said... No, oh, it was before, mate. Was it originally, before? it was before. You said, wrap it in a cool livery. And oh. originally, you said to me, wrap it in in pink. But yeah. you were quite vague. I said the Le Mans pink. I wasn't vague. You just didn't know what I was talking about. No, I, I showed you, you a picture. Talking. It was just after they had uh, released the Le Mans 911 RSR liveries which was the and that was in pig, Ireland you're and then the right. other one was, was the Rothmans version but that went over my head completely you had no idea what I was talking I'd, about I, you're I, like oh, well, oh, pink. Not, it's not pink. pink yeah and then I've I remember seeing a picture of it and I sent it to you I'm going to wrap it and you said yeah that's what I was talking that's about, what I'm talking about. about. <laughs> so many times ago <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I couldn't believe so, it <laughs> <laughs> I was like God Tony you're such a genius what a brilliant idea <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was, was my idea it was, it was actually his idea so <laughs> thank you for that no that's no problem it looks fantastic the execution oh, was execution. perfecto. Perfected by Dub Customs. The lovely Dub, Dub Customs, Customs, smashing live as usual. They they done so well because it was such a big job. I the, have to say, it's very intricate. The colour match is almost perfect. You can't get the, the colour on a wrap. So what they had to do, they had to laminate the colour on a wrap and then put it on the car. So that, that that's not an actual that Avery cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and then sick. obviously the stickers and all the 
red stripes are all copied and it looks as good as what I've seen copy on any other Rothmans or Martini or or anything the attention it gets is next level so all that this came around because as I say we we I'm going to give you some credit now no no we fine no got problem. the idea um, more from for sharing this year this year's <laughs> Le Mans 9-11 RSL but that was a tribute to the 917 isn't it the 917 okay so it's a really cool story okay go on uh, and I know the story oh please thanks to uh, Archie's dad oh nice. he's, yeah, not Archie no, not Archie yeah. <laughs> Archie can't spell his name <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, originally it was raced uh, on the 917 in the 1971 uh, it was running fifth uh, in LMP1 and it retired, so it didn't finish. They then retired the livery and then bring it back this year in GT2 on the Not RSL. GT, okay. This is where Archie's dad got it wrong. Okay. GT2 doesn't exist anymore. Okay. That's an old class. No, so that was GT, GTE GT Pro. Yeah, I gave him, a, I had a go at him in my video the other day. Right. GTE Pro. Right. So GT2 was an old class probably when Archer was racing, so yeah. that's maybe why he was doing yeah, yeah, it, but yeah. it's GTE Pro Fine. that they were doing it. Okay, so basically RSR. Yeah, yeah, the RSR. Yeah, that, the RSR. They so they bring yeah, it back, yeah. and it won, obviously. Sick. So obviously that, that rap has been done before. On I've seen it on 911s in America, and but it's not relative. And I'd say not as well. No. Not as well as this. This no, is no, no. spot on to the Absolutely. racing rap, which dub customs, I mean, massive... Yeah, yeah. To dub because they've absolutely smashed it. But it's also brilliant because the RSR fundamentally is a really beefed up, incredible looking version of the GT3, GT3 RS. Correct. So, it, you know, you can translate it better previously when it was on other generations. It just didn't, didn't quite wear make it sense. Well, yeah, it didn't sure. wear it as well. But, but now this is very much tailored to be yeah. on that car. Yeah. And it, it honestly could be the Le Mans RSR. Absolutely. If you didn't know, it, it's so spot on. Yeah. And the RSR does look a bit like a GT3 RS. Correct. Um, yeah. No, I think it's brilliant. I think it's the best thing you've done on a car ever. Uh, agreed. I'm and as well, because I've been doing some track days recently, oh, as some go. of you know. Mm -hmm. the, the Tony Schumacher gravel. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's obviously there's rubber and tyre marks on the wrap. Sick. That actually, like, I'm never going to wash it, mate. It looks insane. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, talk to me a bit more about these track day things because, uh, you know, this year you've done, or and last year, a lot of sort of big road trips. That's kind of been your thing that you've been doing a lot of. But but recently, that switched to track days. And I feel like you've been doing a ton of track days. So where's this new love come from? So so we, we all know you, especially being experienced, I like to drive fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very fast. Very quickly. So... Uh, sometimes that's not always feasible on the road. And I own three track cars, essentially. So I, me and Archie were speaking months and months ago about him coming to do some stuff with me. So, and he said, yeah, I'll film it and I'll, I'll teach you a bit of tuition. Perfect. Sure. So uh, originally it was Anglesey. We went to Anglesey in a Purple Manty with Supercar Driver. I was so, on a trip and so. then went there. And mate, honestly... The difference Archie made to me driving was from there to there. For listeners only, Tony's uh, indicating the size of the Twin Tower. Oh, not Twin Towers. No, no. Uh, Empire State Building. Honestly, the I, I don't really like bigging people up, but I can't thank him or give him enough credit for how 
how much of an improvement he made. Have you had any on track tuition before? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I done a I done a bit in four eight eight. Uh, a bit in Porsche before, m- m- not recently, but a couple of years ago, I've done track days as well. But the the difference, uh, it's half a second a corner or whatever. It's just it's minor stuff, but mate, and it makes you enjoy it so much when you know exactly when to break, exactly when to turn in, and I, I just love it. It's so good. I'm so, so glad you're getting enjoyment out of it because as you say, you do own three <laughs> track-focused cars. The yeah. Huracan Performante, the GT3 RS and the AMG GTR. Whilst they are all road cars, they are very much track-focused. So now yeah. you're using them for what they were intended. Um, but you're also getting real enjoyment out of it. And I think it's, it's easy to say, oh, you're driving on track is going to be fun. But a lot of people get intimidated by it. A lot of people don't do it well. Uh, a lot of people you know, don't know how to execute it correctly. Um, I agree, credit where credit is due. Archie Hamilton, he's a fantastic tutor because that's how I learned to drive on track and that's how I did my ARDS test and got my National B race license. Archie Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> he taught us all how yeah. to pass our ARDS test, you know, because that's how we first met and that's when he first appeared on my main channel, Seen Through Glass. Um, it, he's a very good teacher in that sense. He is very good at Gives teaching. some confidence, yeah. doesn't, you know, yell it and shout at you. Just, and I think he's good at reading you as a driver. Yeah. Um, you know, which is very important because I've been like you to a number of track days where they give you a sort of a tutor, they say, oh, driver coach will be in there. And I, I haven't bonded with them, you know. I had one guy, this was quite a while ago, I thought, this must have been during Seen Through Glass. I can't remember. And he kept saying, set the car up. Set the, you're not setting the car up. Oh like, my what God. do you mean? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> set the car up in the set. And I was like, I don't. And I pulled over and I said, can you explain what do you mean by set the car up? Because well, as you get to each corner, set the car up properly. How, what does that mean? He goes, well, you just set it up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to punch you if you say set it up one more time. Obviously now I know that front engine cars, you've got to set them up. Um, you know, preload them into corners. But, but that, I, it, you need a certain way a certain explanation which um, he is very good at and Archie's and very good you, at you, you, you've got to listen you have to listen to him not just Archie as in all, all racing drivers but the, the so we've been out on track on all of my in all my cars now they're all very different mm. so mid-engine four-wheel drive rear-engine rear-wheel drive front mid-engine rear-wheel drive so they all behave differently but I know how to drive them all now which Okay, talk to me. The char- I'm going to ask the characteristics of each, and then I'm going to ask you to pick a favourite, even though I know the answer. So, uh, how does the Performante behave? So, the Performante... Oh! oh if you're going to sell a car, get it. No, no, no. This is... Uh, I know you I know you'd sell some. <laughs> I know you can't turn that business down. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough in the summer, here, especially when it's raining in August. It's tough in holiday season. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Performante four-wheel drive... Loads of grip in fast corners, but loads of understeer in slow corners. Still loads of understeer. Very much so. And when I was at Angsy before Archie got there, I was frustrated because I was getting understeer out of the corners. I understand why now. So what, what, what you do with the Performante, you literally break right into the corner. Okay. Like... So, do you ch- sort of almost triangle the corner? Yeah, Is yeah. Why I, like break into it, turn, and then boot. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's Let- not about sweeping through the corner. No. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's okay. not a. But yeah, it's it's the Porsche is a bit more of a sweeper, but the the Performante to finger the understeer, 
hard into a corner, almost at an angle, different to what you would normally drive. Super weird. Super weird, but out. And then you're out, you're, you're gone. Um, so doing, basically doing everything in a straight line. Breaking a straight line and accelerating everything a straight, in a straight line. line. Yeah, and yeah. turn as minimal as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Porsche, different again, where um, it, it's similar, but not so much a, a, of an angle. Okay. You, but you have to get the weight over the front of the car because it's rear engine. Of course, of but course. But as soon as, as soon as you off, off the brake, you're back on the power because then, because your weight restrictive uh, at the back. Sure. So you want the grip at the back of the car. So that's why Porsches are so fast out of corners. They're, it's biblical compared to the other two out of corners because it wow. just absolutely, no one Mechanical understood. grip, really. M- pure mechanical wow. grip. The AMG. (laughs) (laughs) Just hold on for dear life. (laughs) You have to be very patient with it. Uh, Both ends, in and out? In and out. Okay. You have to wait with that car because if you're too eager coming out, you're going to lose the back end because there's no weight. There's no weight over the back of the car. It's a very good car though, mate, that AMG. When I took it to Silverstone last week, admittedly, Within a week period, I'd probably done 200 laps of Silverstone, so I knew it very well. Cash. I, I, I was going through maggots and Beckett's like 130. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing the straights at 155s and Whoa. then and then stopping at the 75 metre wow. mark or something. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it was very good round the fast corners, the AMG. In comparison to the Lambo in a straight line, how did it feel? Uh, there is nothing in them two cars in a straight line. On in a fast corner, performance is better, I would say. However, the Porsche is just a next level to both of them. Mm. Honestly, it is unbelievable. It's the, it's just the grip, mate. It's, it's the grip. It's what Porsche do best, which oh. is why when you go to the Nurburgring, as you did, which we're going to talk about very quickly, um. You see them everywhere. I mean, like that's the home of Porsches, isn't it? Literally, I mean, literally everywhere. every single Porsche ever made goes to the Nurburgring, um, which yours did too. So you woke up one morning and decided, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive the Nurburgring. Very sporadically. Yeah. Uh, I have, a, I have a, a group of friends that go there every year. Okay. Um, a different set of friends do I normally knock about with, but they go every year. So uh, they went on the early hours of Friday morning. Anyway, all week she's saying, come over to Nova, come over to Nova. I said, no, no, I don't fancy it. Anyway, I didn't have a lot to do that weekend. Cleared it with the missus. She said, yeah, fine, you go. So I just booked a hotel, got a train and went. I was terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. It's quite an experience, isn't it? Honestly, it is a really good experience and it is such a cool place and I'm assuming this wasn't a track day this was just the standard what do they call them tourist laps yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah yeah. so I didn't do many I only done four or five the the, the, the first lap was honestly the worst thing I was, I'd ever done in my life I didn't know where I was going why what scared you mate every call you've been round yeah every corner's blind the, the at any given time there can be oil on the road there are sorry if I offend anyone idiots <laughs> Pure idiots driving on the track, Just all over the place. That they either they think they know the track or they do know the track, but they're still driving far too fast for their capabilities. Okay. And I was so worried 
that someone was going to bury their Fiesta into the side of my car. Mm. Although I didn't, it wasn't really a Fiesta, but... but and the Polo 458. I mean, you know, there's enough idiots out there and very nice cars. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, literally... Uh, every other car was a GT3 or GT3 RS, obviously. Do Do you know the lap at all? Have you played it on a computer game? Have you see like like do you have Did you have any idea? No, no idea at None. all. You're going in completely, completely clueless, completely blind. Yeah, I, that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. <laughs> what so, did you make out of the carousel when you when you came on that? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> you know I didn't even know it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So um, anyway, I'd. They shut the track every 20 minutes. Okay. If it Someone crashes, bend it, yeah, yeah. yeah, bend it, bikes falling off, air ambulances, all oh that, God. all that lot. Nerve wracking, isn't it? In the, a <laughs> <laughs> little bit. Yeah. In the, in the, um, in the mall. The mall? The mall in the centre. You the sh- get the. The shopping mall. The shopping okay, mall. Okay, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the set, <laughs> right near the GP track, they have sure. these simulators, yeah. and they are really. I'm not very good at simulators, but they are really good, and that actually helped me when I went back out. So I done that on the Sunday morning. I went back out on the Sunday afternoon. Okay, and that did help me. It's familiarisation. I mean, for it, sure. I, I always forget, and I shouldn't as a bedrohead, how long the bloody Nurburgring is. You can never learn it. Man. It's. I mean, the pros, the pros do like boosted Boris. Um, I met him. He's a nice guy, nice was not he? Yeah, nice he's very busy though. But he's done like 500 laps. Yeah, yeah. If not more. I yeah, mean, you yeah. Know, and then they know. But, yeah. but as a, st- I think even even Shmee, who's done a handful now, says that every now and again he has a bit of a blank moment. No, he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's certain parts of the track that are really uneven. So there's a straight where you come up a crest and then there's oh, a I hate that. there's a left and a oh, right. I hate that. If That's you're horrible. on the left-hand side oh, of the track, oh. there's a bump you're going to crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got to be on the right-hand side. There's one as well when you're going down. You get just a little bump with a sort of break. And then a hard break in oh, left. Yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. That's just horrific. Well, I took off there oh, about nice. 110. Brilliant. No, no, no. But I knew it was coming. I, I remembered okay, that bit. okay. So, but yeah, honestly, I was piecing together. Like I said, I only done five laps. I wouldn't rush back out there. Okay, that's interesting. It was ve- the, the, maybe I'd go more for the atmosphere again because it was such a cool place. Everyone was really like-minded. Everyone's a petrol head. It's a you turn up and it is like a mecca, and there's so much going on. Isn't there? Awesome I've never cars. been anything like it. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a place to be, and all the hotels are car themed, and restaurants have got trophies on them. It's a, it's a really great place to yeah, be. Yeah. I agree. It's a bit too much for me. Like Same. I would love to do the Grand Prix circuit, um, but the number it's an experience, but it's not somewhere that I really look to go and flash a car. I prefer. I don't know, yeah, the, why it is purpose-built. But anyway, I, I don't know why. I, I'm the same as you. I think I'd freak myself out I'd rather cu- I'd rather stay in the UK and do a couple of track days. Sure. Okay, perfect. Um, so this is your, your new thing. I think we need to find... Uh, we need to go out, don't we? We need to go and do Mate, a track day video. can you imagine should we do a video? <laughs> we, honestly, <laughs> that will be so good. Let's do it. I think we have to do it at It'll some point. It'll be so good. Okay, track day video coming up you once we not, find some... You will not see where I've gone. Oh my <laughs> God, here he is. All the, all the chat, all the chat. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, so that's what Tony's yeah. been up to, and that's where yeah. I've been the last couple of weeks. Hence, the uh, it's becoming a bi-weekly podcast at, the, at best, if not a tri-weekly, isn't it's it? It's so hard, though, it's isn't it? So hard. So we busy. keep complaining, but we, I, I promise you all, we are working incredibly hard behind the scenes to implement some new things for this podcast. We're going to focus. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. On this sort of video side, um, whilst I know that pop- popularity of audio-only podcasts is growing, uh, I've done a couple of polls recently in the last month, and it turns out that sort of something like 70% of you tune into the podcast via video, via YouTube. Okay, it's still big on YouTube. It's, still, it's okay. the biggest element is on YouTube. So we're, we're working really hard to, to improve this. We're going to have uh, different camera angles, some B-roll, some graphics. Um, some so guests. All, some guests, yes. Guests is the big part of it. But uh, as we keep liking to complain about, uh, we are limited on time and resources um, by, yeah, doing other bits and bobs. But anyway, for today... Um, there's a couple of topics we want to talk about, but I did actually ask a whole lot of you to suggest some topics for us to discuss. So before we move on to the main topic of today, um, I just want to roll through these really quickly. So let me uh, bring this up. Talk amongst yourselves while I, uh, <laughs> whilst I <laughs> search this this tweet because I've lost it briefly. Can um, you can you can you multitask? Because I've got a question for you. Oh please. So so uh, we spoke about this off camera. I feel that you need to share this with the audience. Uh, when you was in Bali, something happened to you? Would you like oh, to... Oh, God, yeah. Like Actually, to... I had forgotten about this. Okay, well, I'll put these tweets down for a second. Um, this is hilarious. <laughs> which not, I'll, I'll have you know, it's not actually hilarious, Tony. It's terrifying. Um, so, yeah, whilst I was in Bali, um, there were these horrific uh, series of earthquakes in a neighbouring island called Lombok. Um, unfortunately, close to 400 people lost their lives. Which, That's not uh, funny. Which is not funny at all. Um, a, a really catastrophic uh, experience. And, and situation and so basically uh, the day I arrived I arrived at midday my dad had already had already been there and as we touched down he said that there had been a magnitude 6 earthquake in Lombok which I say it's about 150 kilometers away or maybe miles from Bali um, but just across a little short it's two hours mate yeah yeah nothing yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he said he felt it whilst he was having breakfast it was sort of weird but not too dramatic and then he felt a small aftershock an hour or so later but he wasn't that bothered and i think 16 or so people unfortunately lost their lives in that first one so still a horrible horrible situation but we sort of were like okay well that's happened how scary and if you don't know indonesia lies in something called the ring of fire the ring of fire which is all these tectonic plates that move and that's why basically it's a, a string of islands and they've all got volcanoes on them because it's this sort of very um uh, intrepid is that the right word uh, area for um yeah tectonic plates because most of us in the uk 
wouldn't have ever experienced an earthquake. Oh, I certainly haven't. Well, this is the thing. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's, an, it's an area that's very prone to earthquakes and volcanic eruptions and all these different things. And there's a volcano on Bali called Mount Agung that has been erupting for about a year or so now. So in the lead up to this year's trip, uh, we've all been quite nervous about it. Um, not in the sense that we thought it was going to erupt onto our house, but the fact it might close down airports or we might struggle with things. Um, so that was our concern. We, did, we weren't concerned about earthquakes because it has been... Uh, 40 odd years since a major earthquake has really? interfered with Bali yeah the, the last one in Bali was in the 60s um, obviously Indonesia's had some pretty horrific ones the Sri Lankan tsunami or the the Southeast Asian tsunami back in 2002 yeah, yeah that was the big that one that was caused it? by yeah, yeah. A, uh, uh, an earthquake in just off Sumatra in Indonesia so it, it is a very uh, an area that is prone to these things but not necessarily in Bali so anyway I'm rambling um, this is good information, mate. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've turned into a National Geographic podcast. <laughs> uh, there's nothing to do with cars in this section. Um, <laughs> David Attenborough is going to come out of yeah. a tree in a minute. And slowly, <laughs> Sam shut himself. Um, so, yeah, so nothing. We were there for a week. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Weather was a bit off, but everyone was still having a good time. The following Sunday, so bang on a week after the first magnitude six earthquake, we were sitting at dinner and my girlfriend had just arrived. Um... And we were chatting, everyone was having a normal time, and the table started to shake. Now, last year, I experienced my first ever earthquake in Bulgaria, another place that is prone to earthquakes. Really? Yeah, yeah, first ever one. It happened at about 5 a.m. in the morning. It was a magnitude. Europe? Yeah. Mag oh, they do have them in Europe, quite a lot. Italy, uh, Spain, I think. France have a few earthquakes every now and again. But very, very small. And this, yeah, one, yeah. this one was the same. It was in Bulgaria. It was magnitude 4, about 5 a.m. in the morning. And I felt like someone was like just shaking my bed as in, like, wake up. And I rolled over and I said to my girl, why are you shaking the bed? She goes, and she was fast asleep. Um, and I woke up and she was like, oh, yeah, it's an earthquake. So it was a very weird feeling. It, as I say, that one just felt like someone was just sort of shaking the bed. Um, so we're sitting at the table and I feel this on the table. And for some reason, something in me immediately knew it was an earthquake. I can't tell well, you why. you experienced it before. So I guess. Yeah. I guess that's what it was. I, I, it's such a bizarre feeling that I immediately knew that's what it was. So I shouted, that's an earthquake, that's an earthquake, that's an earthquake. And everyone looked at me like I was mad. What, flapping? F mate. <laughs> this is the funny flapping. bit. Flapping. <laughs> Still not that funny, Tony, but I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> um, so it starts off with a very yeah. gentle rumble on the table yeah. and it slowly starts to increase and increase. I can't think of many ways <laughs> to describe the experience of an earthquake. If you haven't been through one, it's so discombobulating and so foreign to anything you've ever experienced before that essentially uh, this ended up rising to what was originally a 7.1 magnitude that then dropped to a 6.9 after the various research. But this is a major, major earthquake. And it ramped up and it ramped up and it ramped up to the point where, firstly, I didn't trust the infrastructure of a barley household. So I said, I, I don't want to stand in the house I don't think the walls are going to withstand this so we actually went out into the garden which may or may not have been the right thing to do everyone says you should hide under a table but I'm like I'm not going to sit under a table if the roof's going to collapse on me so I got out of the building um, all of the water in the pool came out it was like being in a, one of those movie scenes with, in a sea when you had like 20 foot waves but that was from the pool no joke all the water and in the where pool. was you then at that point? in the garden with the pool the, no no yeah next to the pool so that was a really clever idea so you got wet really wet like, <laughs> but Matt, I'm not joking like the the it was like a one and a half foot amount of water on the ground because of the pool. Mate, you could have drowned. Well, one and a half foot maybe a bit of a it, it was up to my calves uh, of water from the pool was then on the garden. Oh, okay, fine, fine. Not the whole amount. No, no, no. But right. the whole building was like 
like like moving everything's like banging shit like it's so terrifying and all i knew all i knew was it would end like that was all i knew i knew it would end and so all in my head the only concern for me and my family and my girlfriend was anything falling on us because i think that's the concern yeah if something comes down a yeah, tree yeah. or um so i just said i just kept shouting just like you know look around look around and it must have lasted about 45 seconds and as i say probably one of the most terrifying experiences i've ever been in however we were all completely fine and completely safe nothing fell off thank god thank god um it was incredibly dramatic and terrifying but there was no damage to the building there was no it was just really freaking scary unfortunately what we were feeling was 150 miles away from the epicenter and lombok which obviously had this catastrophic cost that catastrophic catastrophic thank you disastrous um effects and obviously these poor people lost their lives and the huge numbers were injured and buildings collapsed in bali it was just terrifying it wasn't actually anything more than that i don't think anyone lost their lives or received injuries in in bali so this was horrific and i think all of us were completely shaken to the core and really scary and i would have loved to said that was it and it was just a really biz- bizarre experience unfortunately uh, after earthquakes anyone who's ever done geography uh you get aftershocks and so for the rest of the week that I was there, every six hours, there was a magnitude four or five aftershock. Was it? Every six hours. And the problem is, now whilst these are quite minor, there was one major one that was nearly a six, which we were on the beach actually, and on the sunbed, and, and that was quite, and everyone sort of panicked a bit, and that must have lasted maybe 20 seconds and felt quite aggressive. The rest of them were all pretty minor. But there's nothing that can eat you on the beach. It's no, just the waves. No, a coconut. Because <laughs> right. we were under pumping. But, 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 it's just unnerving but i think the most unnerving thing about it is will it be as dramatic as the previous one that big one let's call it Mm. the magnitude seven even though it's a 6.9 because that was so scary Mm. the minute you feel another earthquake you're thinking is it going to ramp up to be like that one before so that's where the terror comes from or more or more or more because the other big thing is they don't know if it's a pre-shock so there had been one a week before. So we didn't know if it was ramping up. Maybe this was all going to lead to a magnitude nine, which are the ones that, you know, you, you read about in the news that cause these massive tsunamis. Which that is probably what the other place had. Yeah, thousands and thousands of lives. Um, so we didn't know that. Um, so every time there was a rumble, it was everyone was on edge. And also you were always waiting for the next one to come. Uh, so it was a really bizarre and unnerving experience. But the weirdest part about it, mate, is the physiological... Uh, results or the physiological um, symptoms that you feel after an earthquake and I read a lot about this because we were all feeling really like loopy and because a bit lethargic mate not like seasick ah because your brain and your body can't comprehend something that should always be solid i.e. the ground moving so your body can't fathom it so you're seasick, you're constantly, you're really lightheaded, you get like phantom shakes. Really? The amount, so I downloaded, by the way, a huge shout out here for an app called Last Quake. Um, they're also on Twitter as, I'm going to get them right because I need to shout them out. These people are an independent sort of earthquake seismology um, organization. I'm going I'm to I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and find them uh, find them officially they come under here we go emsc independent scientific organization and provider of real-time earthquake info 
these people were incredible in terms of providing information. They have an, a live app. So the minute you felt a shake, you could go on the app and it would tell you if other people were feeling an earthquake, if there had been one picked up by all the different uh, environmental so agencies. So it was a bit like a map. It, literally, a live yeah, yeah. map. So so it, it was brilliant because you would feel, you would think things would be shaking. So you could open up the app and if no one else was feeling it, you knew it would be phantom. But it, it's a really, so it took us all a week to, and you get muscle memory. You sit at the table where the first quake happens and you're like, you feel really lightheaded and weird. It, it mate, it is so weird. And so for any of you that live out there in sort of earthquake prone territories, I now sympathize with you. Um, but they must be half used to it though. They, they must be. Yeah, um, they got to be. You know, and obviously the West coast of America, California is one of the biggest areas for that. Um, but yeah, all of my thoughts, all of, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm not a religious guy, but all of my thoughts are with the people of Lombok and anyone who was affected by it. Because yeah, a sure. lot of tourists were affected by it too. Um, it's a part of the world that I spend a lot of time with, very special to me and my family. And so horrible to see that. And you know what's funny? The Balinese are, are funny kind of people they celebrate death i mean <laughs> our cook her mama died and when we turned up she goes oh i need three days off and we're like why she goes, oh my mom's funeral like it's really cool we're going over to this place and it's like and then we've got a party over here and like it's and i was like i'm sorry she goes that's ah, great so like they celebrate death. like they're not scared of death like, they were all terrified it's the first time i've seen them terrified usually you could say things like oh what about the volcano and they go oh no, no one cares about the volcano don't worry you're fine but for the earthquake, they were all generally really Blimey. scared. So that, that was unnerving. So yeah, so a really bizarre experience. Um, and one I won't forget anytime soon. And you know what's awful? And I've been reflecting upon this. And again, we've been talking about this way too long. Sorry for anyone who's bored and wants us to talk about cars. Um, I feel like I've had one too many sort of near-death experiences recently. I feel like I've been around a lot of sort of incidents, witnessing life-ending car crashes. I yeah. saw a, a horrific motorbike crash whilst in Indonesia as well. Uh, earthquakes. This awful, awful situation with this bridge in Genoa. Yeah, for sure. Which I've driven over more times than I can count yeah, on yeah. any hands. Um, every single trip where we go from Monaco into Italy or we go from Italy into Monaco or vice versa or anywhere, we use that bridge. Um, it's featured in videos of mine. So all of it is a bit unnerving and a bit weird. I feel a bit like I'm in Final Destination. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're coming after me. I've cheated death and it's coming after me, which is a very uh, ominous plowing to leave this <laughs> but yeah it's been a weird few weeks it's been a weird few weeks for sure um, and that's been my experience so yeah that was 10 minutes of waffle about an earthquake um, but you are going to get like law of averages you are going to get stuff like this I guess mate you're always travelling you're going to see bad accidents and you're always on the road and you're always you, you know you, you globe trot the world so I you're, you're going to experience these things just be safe and again, to continue with our deep and meaningful conversation, do you not feel like the world's changing a bit? We've had the heat wave here. We've had earthquakes. We've had, you it's know... It's pissing hard now. It's really pissing hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be filming a vlog today. That's not <laughs> happening, is it? My <laughs> review of the golf bar in a monsoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all, it's all changing. And, you know, who knows what it's going to mean. But... Um, we continue. No, should we? T I need. To, we need to find a segue out of this part because it's getting very downhill, very depressing. <laughs> um, so, let's answer a couple of your questions. Yeah, <laughs> let's, just, let's just cut. Let's just let's just cut. So I'm not going to end it there because it's way too depressing to end it there. So let's let's find a couple of questions that we can uh, answer that you guys suggested because we have been asking for topics. Um, so question away. Question away. Did you not get them ready, mate? No, I, I did, and then they oh. failed. Right. So. Um, 
Ah, would we ever do Gumball Rally? So Gumball Rally just uh, happened the other day. Uh, lots of different YouTubers and social media people took place. Would you do... You've never done Gumball, have you? Uh, no. Uh, uh, I think I've said before previously that that sort of trip doesn't appeal to me. Does nothing for you. There is one big thing that would really put me off. It's 60,000 euros. Gumball. And that and that's this year. I mean, I think it, it changes every year. But yeah. yeah, 60 grand. It's for not for me. Whoa. That's not for me. It's the wrong type of uh, crew for me. Uh, people I, who are spending 60 grand. I mean, I don't know those people. I can't associate with them. No, no. Nothing in connection with them. Uh, I am... I am not rich enough no. to be spending that money on a no. on a trip. Um, so yeah, no, we have no plans. And also, I do Modball because I love Modball because it feels more accessible. <laughs> um, so, uh, best estate for your money. That feels like it needs to be a whole separate podcast in itself. A lot of you know that I recently drove the new C63 estate. I loved that. You did, yeah. I know you're going to say the RS6, and so I want to move on. No, I'm not, no, 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 I hear you. The lot, so we got the new RS4 at the RS4 moment. RS4 is very nice. Which is very good. I've heard amazing things about the E63S. Yeah, yeah. So more to come on that at some point. But, but there yeah. isn't a bad car now, mate. All the new cars they're all, they're great, all aren't very they? good. But best estate. States are coming back. Mm. Um, front wheel drive, all wheel drive, rear wheel drive. Any preference? Front wheel drive or rear wheel drive? Rear wheel drive, Of right. course. But I do like a front wheel drive hot hatch. I have to say. Yeah. I like that. I think it's a fun experience. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like, yeah. I'm not a big fan of all-wheel drive. No, but I don't... I instantly think power. So you can't have a load of power for a front-wheel drive engine. Obviously. But that's why I like the little hot hatches. Yeah. You know, up GTIs and things like yeah, that, yeah, I think, yeah. is a laugh. Um, uh, okay, interesting question. When buying a car for auto trade or piston heads or online in general, how can you tell what's a good car, a good deal, and won't break within 20 seconds? You can't until you go and see it, can you? Mm, uh, I would know probably more than others because I'd look at an advert. What uh, do you look for in an advert and, then? That's interesting. It's hard to tell. I would just know. You would just get you a gut just, feeling. you just get a gut feeling, yeah, whether, whether it was well presented, the, the pictures, the advert, the dealer. Um, there's there's lots of things to take into consideration, but yeah, the the, the only way you're really gonna know is go and look. The rain is getting really hard, isn't it's it? It's really hard. I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background, but it is really lashing down. Right, a couple of more. Um, do, 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 do. God, you guys have given us a load of suggestions, but these are all like individual podcasts. Uh, what's your favourite sounding car? Me. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be, it's got to be a Ferrari of some sort. There's a really good sounding Ferrari from 2004. Uh, that would be one of them. 360. Speciale. Speciale would be up there for me. Really? Yeah. I think that does matter. I think it's the best sounding one, the Speciale. It does make a lovely noise. It does make a a good noise. Uh, And my Hurricane makes good noise as well. Okay, I I agree with you. V10. Hurricane or RA. Um, one more, one more. Oh, okay, here you go. What is the next road trip that either of us are doing? Uh, okay, so in about a month from now, uh, I'm doing an Alps trip with Supercar Driver. Yes, you are. So Sick. really looking forward to that. What are you taking? Uh, I don't know, oh. to be honest. So the performance is for sale at the moment. Oh, okay. Ha- however, there are a lot of them on the market, more than what I'd hoped. So I-, I may just keep that for a while. 
if I don't sell it by next month, I'll probably keep hold of it, at which point I'll take that. Uh, if I sell it, then I'll have to take the Porsche. Um, I don't really want to take the Porsche because it's been busy. I've mm. done a lot of miles in it, so I want to hold off on that a little bit now. And the AMG? Uh, I will sell that soon as well. Okay. That's nearly at 5,000 miles okay. now. So. And any plans to replace? Have you got anything that you're eyeing up? Um, not, not, not imminently. I mean, if I sold the AMG and the... Performante, if mm-hmm. they both sold, mm-hmm. the Porsche is going nowhere. Okay, obviously, sure. Then I will replace them with something, but I I don't know what okay. at the moment. I, there's no, that's why I'm not that bothered if the Lambo sells or not. Because okay, I don't, there's nothing you're really desperate not for. Not really, and and just I'm not going to get an SVJ because I'm not playing the game. No. I'm not I, I'm not getting one. So Thank for God. everyone that thinks that. I was, I'm not. (laughs) Uh, Well, my next trip, I'm uh, off to Pebble Beach uh, Monterey Car Week. Um, I don't don't know when this podcast is going out, but uh, that's my sort of next thing on my agenda, which I can't wait for. The car... Oh, actually, maybe if this goes up. Anyway, I got a cool car for that <laughs> week. <laughs> I don't want to say. Uh, shush. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I won't, won't say anything. Um, uh, viewers of the main channel may know my friend Phil. Uh, Phil the hero who always hosts me ever so beautifully in Monterey. He's very cool, isn't he? He's very just cool taken delivery of his McLaren Senna. Really? Mm. So we'll be checking out Phil's McLaren Center. That's going to be an interesting video indeed. Uh, but lots of other stuff. I love Monterey Car Week. Uh, I'm then off uh, on a few other little adventures. Uh, there is something so unbelievably exciting happening at the beginning of September in France that I just can't talk about for my own sanity. As in when it happens, you will know about it and we will talk about it. But, but uh, I... Anyway. Wait, I don't even know. No. Because I haven't, I, I think I have maybe told you, but you don't know. Um, <laughs> so that I've told you, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then I'm off. I'm off on lots of short little trips, so no major big road trips planned at the moment. But I am looking at taking the 360 somewhere in October. So I don't know where, but somewhere in October, I'd like to take the 360. Um, Croatia. Croatia's a bit far, though, isn't it? Well, your front's going to break. No, not going to break, but like, it's a bit far to go. You can ask Paul to come and he's much <laughs> So, So you better go to Catford. I think, <laughs> I'm thinking Germany. I love South Germany, Bavaria. There, there's some lovely roads Amazing in Germany roads. as well. So I, think, I think that's what I might do with a 360. And yeah, probably we'll get pulled along. We'll have to be hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> Can't you go and buy like a 996 GT3 RS and come with us? No, I'll come, I'll come as a support car and a new car. Not in a new car. Why? Get in, get in the mix. Stop being mate, so scared I'm of not modern classics. An old car. It's going to break. 996 GT3 RS would be a winner, mate. That is a win. 996 GT3 The one with the funky RS. headlights. It's manual. It's the, the first 3 RS. Yeah, it's manual. Yeah. No, thank you. What? No, thank you. You don't like manual cars now? No. I, I, I haven't liked manual cars forever. <laughs> Oh my god! I think that's the uh, poignant moment to end today's <laughs> slightly strange podcast. If I'm honest, we've talked about the end of the world. We've talked about near-death experiences. We've talked about Tony driving on track and the fact he doesn't like manuals. Uh, anyway, that's a brilliant summary. Brilliant things. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you're watching us here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe because as we keep teasing, big things are coming for this podcast on YouTube. I promise. I promise. I promise. Uh, if you are listening to us though, keep enjoying us uh, audio only. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on various different apps. So just search behind the glass on however you listen to uh, your podcasts. Um, and oh, before we go, don't forget Tony Instagram Gravelwood Car Sales. Let's get into 50k. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.